Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey everyone, welcome to On The Line. It's Tuesday, December 5th, and I'm Corey Mall here with Olivia Ekbenet. We are both back from coverages this weekend in Alabama and Portland, uh, so we have plenty to talk about for sure. This weekend featured two national cross-country championship races and also featured the beginning of the indoor track and field season. Uh, you could cut the stakes with a knife this weekend at both <laughs> of those races. But from that, we arrived with some national champions. Busy uh, weekend. Yes, and we have a fresh dish of storylines to talk about. So let's dive into the first subject. Uh, Elizabeth Leachman went for it at NXN. Then Addison Ritzenhain grabbed it. Uh, how do we feel about the girls' championship race? I must say, Ashley and I were on the ground, including Bobby Reyes from Colorado at NXN. It was just an amazing day. Um, I know for you, you were at running lane and it was raining. We had like flood warnings and all the water was there. Um, thankfully, it stopped raining right before the races kicked off and then it started raining afterwards. So everything was great. This was, the the girls' race was the most anticipated race, honestly, I think, for Ashley, Bobby, and myself as we were there on the ground. And it was just like Rachel Forsyth, Elizabeth Leachman, Addie Ritzenheim, Bethany Mahalik. We were like, who is going to win this race? And if you watch the replay of it, it was literally Rachel Forsyth just getting after it, Elizabeth Leachman slowly making her way up, and then there was a pack of three with Addie Ritzenheim, Bethany Mahalik, and Emily Wisniewski from Oregon, kind of in that pack mix there. So unlike the boys' race, the boys started out very conservative, but the girls, like, they were ready guns blazing they were ready to go and i feel like elizabeth as we have seen over the last several races this is how this is normal for her for her to get out be aggressive be strong be in control and honestly i i want to say this was almost like a risk because bobby and ashley and i were talking about it and if you watch the boys race like it was a little bit more conservative it was very tactical from the start especially because you're not going for a fast time here you're trying to get the win and especially with the conditions they were just not ideal and you probably saw the the replays of some of the stuff on social media it was just like a mud fest. Ponds were starting to form on the course. And I feel like this was her national meet, her very first national meet. And so I was really impressed with her and how she kind of took that risk and wanted to get out and be aggressive. And I had a chance to talk with her after her race. And she was just like, this was a learning experience for her. She was like, I went out there, I did what I could, learned from it. She's ready to compete at Foot Locker this weekend. She's like, I'm just going to take it back um, and just dissect the race a little bit more and just see what I can do from there. So what were your thoughts on on Miss Leachman here? Yeah, I, I didn't think it was a risk. I thought it was her race plan. I mean, she races like that. That is yeah. how she gets out. Um, and ultimately, she loses. Mm -hmm. That's the result of basically racing like that. I mean, yeah. that that's something that I think you just have to um, – 
you have to combat or you got to find reconciliation with because when you set that pace and you're and you 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 put yourself up in that position you you accept it you accept mm -hmm. all those risks evolved with it but i think that's was her race plan so the fact that she lost is just a, a result for me and um i think about that prefontaine quote a lot you know to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift i think every time we see elizabeth leachman go out there that is exactly what she did mm -hmm. you know was talking to Will Grundy in uh, Huntsville while this was happening, and you know we saw the result how she got out, you know at 4K and kind of came back. She did that at Regions uh, at the Texas Outdoor State, you know, Championship Series. I mean, she didn't qualify for states in the 3200 meters because mm -hmm. she got out so hot and then ultimately, you know, fell back. I mean, that's that's who she is. Like that's yeah. how she's built. I think uh, this might give her resolution next year to come back and basically see if she can throw it down again plus she's got foot locker this yeah, week so exactly. uh, we'll see what can happen there but i liked it but as for addy oh man watching that 5k you know on tape basically it was the first time i ever saw her through a full 5k and she's like a metronome out there yeah um really consistent uh really just knows her paces obviously there's just no secret to it she runs for the best one of the best teams in, in the country and her father obviously has a lot to and her mother has a lot to say about her progression but um with all the colorado athletes oh, I, th I think you know they they approached it a way that obviously was successful i mean she was consistent she maintained basically yes. rather than threw in a lot of big surges Maybe we didn't see those surges, but I think it, it looked like maintenance a lot, and she just never let off the gas. And ultimately, the most consistent race in the girls' race, it felt like one, and that was her. Absolutely. So. Yeah, and of course, Bobby was there, and he screenshotted us a text that he sent to us back in September, and he was like, look out for Addie Ritzenhine top five at nationals and i know when he first sent us the text i was like all right yeah cool but like now looking back and just looking at her season as a whole like 1644 for 5k at desert twilight fast course back set up with a 1658 at the colorado regional championships she competed one states set the meet course record there casually cruises to the southwest in the southwest region finishing third and here she drops a 1710 underneath those conditions at nxn which is super i i just can only imagine if it wasn't so wet how fast she actually would have well it would have been a different race oh absolutely it would have been entirely different absolutely race. yeah but the fact that she won it in 1710 underneath those conditions just speaks volumes on the fitness level that she's at and when you watch the race like i felt like she was very in control like she didn't panic when she saw rachel forsyth and elizabeth leachman go out and you can see her and bethany really tag teaming and Colorado just like pushing the pace a little bit more gradually starting to wheel the girls in and from there Addie just like let it go once right. once she right. kind of you know closed that gap a little bit yeah championship races I think equalize talent levels because mm -hmm. you know a 20 10 percent of the race probably thinks that they can win and on any given day they might be able to win I think yeah. that was proof on the on the boys side uh so it, it really, what these mean, these results mean is that essentially, like anything can happen on championship races. Like Gianna Raymer, who won Southwest, finished sixth here. Yes. Um, so it's not like she was out of the picture. Uh, it's just, you know, somebody had a, a better race. Addie and Bethany had better races. Uh, five Southwest girls finished in the top 10. Speaks to sort of this, the Colorado, um, I think, contingent going to NXN really having great days. Uh, 
you know, we'll get to the team side of things, but I think this this really did throw a couple loops in, in, into the, the equation here with, with the top 22 results. So mm-hmm. let's move to the boys' race, uh, which was a lot a lot Gosh. surprising. Surprising, 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 surprising. JoJo Jordan yep. ends up winning NXN. Uh, does this make perfect sense or make no sense? I think it makes kind of sense. <laughs> I really think it does. Like... Just being there, right, everyone, I felt like the majority of people there were like Danny Simmons. And you can even hear it through the commentary while we were even on the ground. They were asking, where is Danny Simmons? And he was like not in that top pack. He was in the middle. He was 71st through the 2K mark and then finished 13th overall. So he did, you know, move up a little bit. And I feel like JoJo Jordan really took advantage of that opportunity. He didn't look stressed whatsoever. He was very much in control. He crossed in at 15-16, and that was the fourth best performance of his season, and that was just simply impressive, just knowing that the the conditions that he faced. A lot of people stepped up. Cameron Todd finishing second, 15-18. Nathan Neal, I had a chance to talk with him before the race while he was doing his shakeout, and he did tell me, he was like, yeah, my goal is to be in that front pack, and regardless of how fast or how slow it was going to go, he was like, I'm going to be in that front pack, and I think that helped him to just run super well and i know you wrote an amazing feature on jojo jordan yesterday and you know i think it does speak volumes on just how he's grown as an athlete over the last year yeah yeah i mean that sidebar kind of talks a little bit about what made him yeah who he is you know last year at running lane he finished third overall but he had a chance basically to win it with 800 meters to go last year and and maybe second guessed himself maybe didn't have what it took to to compete with Stephen West, whatever it was, he didn't he didn't get the job done last year. So does that make him the runner he is today, and mm-hmm. and the runner he was at NXN? I don't, I don't know. I I do think, you know, the, those memories of the past, the, the, those lessons you learn from all your races, championship, uh, regionals, or or whatever, help you develop into the you know the racer that you become. And he didn't second guess himself at all at 2K. He just decided mm-hmm. to go. It yeah. was slow at that point at 2K. Mm-hmm. So he was like, no one else is going to go. I'm going to go. Yeah. And when it, when it became a race where, you know, you really had to focus on your foot placement and really ha- make not making mistakes, no one was willing to surge then. Like, no one was willing to go too early because they saw what happened last year yes. and how people kind of fell back. So that, yeah, yeah. that played all of it played in the JoJo Jordan's advantage, and as you said, like Simmons had a good race. Yes. He didn't have a he didn't have a winning race, but he had a great race. One sixteen at the at the one k mark. He's in the hundreds there. Uh, Seventy two officially at two k. Twenty first at four k. Thirteenth at five k. I mean, that's a, that's an awesome race. Yes. He just all of American Fork. We'll talk about this later, but they just did not get out. Like mm-hmm. they didn't get out. They didn't have a championship start, um, and that ultimately was their downfall. Yeah. And. Um, you know, so allows a person like JoJo Jordan to step up and get the win. We had him ranked 31st on the miles split 50 entering the race. You know, all those guys are are capable, but like this guy, I don't think anybody expected him to win. No. So the fact that he did just is an awesome moment for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree. All right, let's go to the team titles. Uh, they were they're awesome. Insane. You, you Absolutely know, insane. Utah on the boys' side, Harriman ended up winning on the girls' side. Air Academy ended up winning. Where do you want to start with first? You want to start with the girls? We can start with the girls. Okay. I feel like the girls race, it was just, history was completely made. Only you guys could have seen Bobby. Like, he was just, like, in his element, 
like just over the moon. The fact that, and we've talked about this too, how New York has been completely dominant when it comes to going one, two, right? Like we've seen it with FM, we've seen it with Saratoga Springs, like they know how to race and they know how to race in Portland. This weekend, not only did Colorado go one, two, but they went one, two, three. And for me, that really just shows the depth that that state alone has. And even just looking individually, one, two with Addie Ritzenhine, Bethany Mahalik. And the fact that, again, it came down to the top two programs that we've been, that I personally been waiting for Air Academy versus Niwot. And it was just the race to watch. Niwot was actually winning through the first half of this race, but it just so ended up anything could happen and toward that back end like air academy just started moving up and they were able to win the title 61 points to 72 which niwat held and mountain vista snuck in there for third with 163 points and when you look at air academy and where they finished second fourth ninth 22 and 24 they really won it with those first three runners and with niwat they were first 15 16 17th 23rd just just sneaking in there but gosh that race was unbelievable and like the fact that bethany saw all three of us and she's looking at us like because of course the tickers just going back and forth mm -hmm. between air academy and nylon she's looking at us because it was finally like stable and she's like guys did we win did we win and she's like you can see it and we're like well it's still moving so right. we didn't want to like tell her and then all of a sudden crush her heart but like air academy i was just so impressed with how they ran as a pack and honestly i and i told this to um ashley and I, I think i told you this too last week i was like if bethany mahalik could have like have history repeat itself with i know she's had an up and down year typical but if she can put it all together at nxn mm -hmm. air academy is going to put themselves in that top pack and sure enough coming up second that really helped i think push that team and they all ran for each other that day which was amazing just to witness 61 points yeah 72 points 72 yeah. is good enough to win almost every year exactly this is kind of like oklahoma state nau and on the men's yeah. side and ncaa's yeah 61 will win you the race 72 will win you the race and really those two were the only teams in it nobody yeah. else was under 100 points you know mountain vista credit to them but they scored 163 yeah um nearly 100 points separated uh, you know, both of those top two teams from the third place team. Right. So it was clear in day, like those two teams were going to win the, the race, you know, the, the points were there. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, it, it was really just sort of a slugfest at that point. And I agree with you with Mahalik. I mean, she could have very easily finished 15th yeah. or slid back. And the fact that she held at two, um, got her team a point. That's what mattered. I mean, obviously, this 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 point total was decided by eleven. Um, yeah. So she was the determining factor there. I think, along with her with her team behind her, um, great stuff there on the boys' side. Harriman, American Fork. It's it went went back and forth. Yes. All year. Yeah. Harriman won early season meets against American Fork. American Fork won the big stakes ones like state championships and regions. But then here, all or nothing. Harriman wins. Harriman wins incredible they got the job done and became the first team from utah to win and i think what helped them to do that was the pack running that was very essential for them finishing with 83 points american fork with 100 harriman 7 9 14 19 34. Mm -hmm. that is incredible and then american fork 1 18 24 25 32 again it was that pack running for them that's that's what got them that victory well both of their teams all 
scoring five members of them had good races. Yes. Every single one of them improved from the start to the finish. Yeah. American Fork strategy uh, was to get out a little bit slower or measured because every single one of them were in the the hundreds to mid one fifties basically at the start and through one k. That that ultimately um, set them back. Harriman got out a little faster, uh, and then they were able to move up once they were in those positions to strike. So, I mean, Harriman, I think ultimately what set them apart basically was their 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 start. Um, you know, Beckstrom, who finished 28th overall, was at 74th place through the 1K marker. He ended up finishing as an All-American. In total, all five of those guys moved up 115 places throughout the race, and they won by 17 points. American Fork moved up a total of 425 places wow. across their top five, and they and they scored 100. So mm -hmm. give them another 1K, they win that race. Yeah. I, I'm I'm certain of that, but it's it's a 5K. You yeah. race the distance. So, Harriman had the better strategy on the day, and they won the day. And they've been going back and forth. So, yeah. you know, this isn't surprising that it you know came to Harriman on this day. Yeah, I don't think it was a surprise. We already knew it was going to be between these two teams. And again, it was just that team was going to put the best performance on that day, and Harriman got it that got it done. Yeah, it was it was a great race. Uh, South Lake Carroll, shout out to them, 138. Shout out to them. Yeah. South Lake Carroll. One of their best finishes. I think they were runner-up back in 2013, but that was one of their top finishes uh, all, all time. And then Bella Jesuit also really yes, good performance. Yes, they ran well. One small thing I do want to mention, um, you know, is is the, the variable of, like, focus going into championship races. Like, you know, some teams like to be cool and laid back and like yeah. let it come to them other teams are like super focused and like we're we have a job in front of us air academy yeah. was, was tweeting and dming and storying mm, for storying, us the whole yeah. whole weekend bell and jesuit same way it did not matter they raced incredible yeah so just think about that do we really need to make this like a job does it affect runners like that i think coaches really have to think about that because and honestly you know they raced well because they were relaxed and they just didn't get too stressed about it, it felt like. Yeah. I feel like there's like a fine line between like being too relaxed and kind of not being focused. But I feel like I can relate to Air Academy. When I was competing, I was like, I kinda need to feel like it's a normal meet. Don't add and heighten the tension yeah. because it's just championships, right? I feel like that's when you start to get in your head. I feel like I kind of agree with like how Air Academy, Bell and Jesuit kind of approach it. it. Was like let's just have fun. Like yeah. we're here for the experience, right. but when we get on that line, it it does not matter. We're putting it all hands on deck to win this. Um, it just takes the pressure off, right? Right. Yeah. And so you can kind of be yourself and be more relaxed. So I'm all for the laid back type. But however, I do know teammates. Like I think of like Shamir Little, you know, world medalist and she's the focus type like she's yeah. like don't really yeah. mess with me and i'm like that works for her yeah. but for me i'm like let's have fun yeah play around yeah and you gotta <laughs> you gotta trust that your athletes will be ready to go yes. even if you give them a longer leash yeah i think you know it doesn't in all okay it's not an all like a catch-all for everything but right. in a lot of cases i think kids will will step up to the day yeah all right, let's go to the running lane cross-country championships which also happened on saturday in huntsville alabama wild day uh downpour you know, it, it rained hard on Saturday. <laughs> there was a, a great tweet by our guy Ben Thompson out of Tennessee Mile Split where he wrote about the weather. And uh, officially, Huntsville, through the last three months of the year, got a total of, of 3.35 inches of rain 
on Saturday alone, Huntsville got 2.25 inches. Wow. Um, just <laughs> bad beat. Oh, man. Bad beat all around. Same thing last year, too. Well, it didn't rain on the day, though. Okay. It, it rained up through the week, and then it didn't rain for the day. So the races themselves were good. Yeah. The course was was torn up mm. by the end, and the championship races were at the very end. And, so yeah. this year, they moved up the championship races. It was the fourth like the fourth race of the day and the fifth race so the course was better but at the very mo moment they started was when the hardest rain came oh, down no hardest rain came down oh, so man. it was it was interesting so it was fun it was it was true cross country true cross country for yeah. sure and you know i'll start with the boys race mm -hmm. on this one because it all, all honestly it pre presented maybe the more ambiguous outcomes we didn't really necessarily as we talked about know exactly to a exact degree who was going to win um, and as it started off, I think there was a front pack of, of runners that were in it. Uh, Mateo Tonis, of Farragut, Jaden Merrick, and Isaac Rivera, they were all in it. And those yeah. were the guys we talked about. But then, you know, a runner in a red jersey by the name of Daniel Scandera just kind of flew away at the, you know, the final big hill there. And he pulled away, much like Stephen West, much like Colin Salmon of, of previous years. And this guy really stood out in a big way. Scandera is a former youth record holder at various distances i mean he was a superstar at a young age mm. and he he moved from california to alabama and he's been running but not like he's homeschooled so he mm -hmm. doesn't run for a high school so you don't see him that often uh -huh. and even at the running lane championships in may he was running i believe with like you know those barefoot shoes so oh, i mean wow. he, he like he's he's a little different as a runner but you've seen that before but anyway here just absolutely blew away 1505 uh for the win and he ran four seconds faster than last year's winning time uh, on a worse day, which I think has to, you have to speak to that, that success uh, a little bit there. So Daniel Skandera kind of was the storyline of the day at running lane uh, overall, and he had a, a great outing. I love the quote that he, I think he, he spoke with you afterwards, and he just said, I just made sure I started off really relaxed, and after the first mile, I put myself in a good position. I knew since I had to run this race before that the best place to make a move was right after that top of the hill, right. as you mentioned. And that was the deciding factor and was able to grab the win, which was super amazing to see. Yeah, you got to go for that from that point. Sky Ridge yeah. on the other side. Um, I don't think we mentioned this uh, when we we're talking about NXN, but you said the one, two, three Colorado teams overall. Yes. It actually was one, two, three, four if you count running lane because Fossil Ridge's girls <laughs> end up winning in on the guy side. Harriman, yes. American Fork, and Skyridge. Skyridge yes. won this race, third Utah team to do it in four years. I mean, Utah is developing this tradition of just throwing down mm -hmm. uh, in this race. And they were they were the team that came away with, with a big victory here. I mean, they got a little bit of a push there, but um, ultimately a great, great outing there. Yeah. You want to move to the girls' race? Let's go to the girls' race. That one was exciting to see Evelyn... Uh, Pradell. Pradell, thank you. Um, just put it down against a very loaded field. She's been undefeated all season. She ran a 16.59 to set a personal best. She grabbed the Ohio State Championship title, then clocked a 17.32 during the downpour rain to win the Golds race in her 11th straight win. And I think what's really impressive is she was 41st last year at this race, comes back and wins the gold race and I think just gaining that experience and of course just having that opportunity to run on the course run underneath these conditions it's just going to make her better yeah. runner as a whole so I was super impressed by Evelyn's performance here is my time to offer mea culpa and to give a little love to Bo Morgan Boonshaft mm. of Providence Day School because 
she took over uh, into the first mile. She was in the pink jersey, kind of uh, stretching yes. the race out and just running phenomenally up front. And we misidentified her because it was a crazy day and wet. Um, but it was Morgan Boonshaft that made this race what it was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Evelyn ultimately had to reel her in at the end. But Boonshaft had an awesome race, finished third overall. Um, you know, she's had a great season where she finished just 13th at Foot Locker South, just outside the national qualifying. So this was her last race to really put something down mm -hmm. that was special. And I think she made this race what it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, at one point, the lead was like 30, 40 meters. Oh, wow. I mean, she, she raced to win. Just like Leachman, I think, you know, she she made that big move, I think, because, you know, she just wanted to keep it honest. Like, yeah. she wanted to make this race honest. Even if it was a bad day, uh, she was going to have her race. And ultimately, that worked in her favor. Evelyn, uh, I think, shout out to her, 41st last year, ends up winning. And she, she also said after, you know, the race that, you know, next year she wants to build on this to get up to their to that national elite level and be considered one of the best runners in the country so mm -hmm. this was this year was a good way to build towards that going undefeated so um really great stuff on both those sides anything else what about fossil ridge, fossil ridge. Fossil ridge? shout out to them for handling their business they were the runner-up at the colorado 5a state championships they had three scores in the top 16 mm -hmm. which is incredible and then 30th and 36 just edged out barrington you you called out barrington right like yeah, that's who you predicted yeah that, was with. My, that was my pick by yeah. 18 points so it's very very close in margin um, and Barrington scored 112. Brentwood snuck in there for third with 136 points. But Fossil Ridge, man, handling their business. Yeah, uh, one of their dads came up to me after uh, the race and said that, you know, they were here last year. They finished fourth. Mm -hmm. They wanted to return and win. Mm -hmm. um, because obviously there's a little bit of a dis distaste in your mouth when you come up a little short. Yeah. And, you know, you look at them, they finished second and five as you said to the best team in the country. country yeah so when you run behind the best team in the country you aren't often seen yeah in, in that a little bit yeah and i don't think people really saw them as a top 25 team up until now mm -hmm. and i'm glad that they came here because they got their opportunity to really present why they are a good team uh that that competed all year with the Niwots of the world the air academies the mountain vistas and um great example here with with the colorado team winning overall uh, any, any thought we we're gonna br bring up anything no i think i'm excellent yeah because we had fossil rich just thinking mile split 50 like in the top 50 mm -hmm. um had him sitting at 40th so now it makes things a little interesting because it's like okay they're actually a solid yeah they're actually a solid program yeah for sure yeah all right Indoor yes. season. I'm so pumped. Began <laughs> so this sad. weekend. Uh, specifically, some some bigger races in in Birmingham, Alabama, just up the road from Huntsville, and we also got uh, some stuff out in Virginia Beach. Mm -hmm. um, top three performers from the weekend that you saw, and if you can. Uh, give light to the girls. Absolutely. So I'm going to start out with Shakela Lavender. We're huge fans of hers. She goes to Oscar Smith High School in Virginia. Opened up her season with an 8.23 in the 55-meter hurdles at the Virginia uh, Beast 
high school invitational. So she's looking to have a really strong season there. Another athlete, Olivia Pace, mm -hmm. huge fans of her as well. She's your USC commit. Um, one of the top returners in the short sprints started her season with a 745 and the 60 at the Akron Rust Buster High School Open. And just kind of looking at where she was last year, she debuted her season with a 742. So I'm like, hey, you're pretty much consistent and you're just going to get even better. Finished her season with a 738 last year. So I'm excited to see how Olivia Pace's indoor season unfolds. Now this next one, quite, inter quite interesting, Jess uh, Jaswinski from Hart High School in Michigan. She, she kind of snuck in there, kind of did a, she qualified for Foot Locker, ran indoor, mm -hmm. and then she'll be at Foot Locker Nationals, I'm assuming, this weekend. So Speed workout. Speed workout, that's exactly why I said, because <laughs> our, our intern, Therese, was like, that's kind of interesting. I was like, she probably got some speed in there before going off to Foot Locker. So yep. this was her second time breaking five minutes in the 1,600 meters during the indoor season. And again, she's having the cross-country season of her life. 13 wins out of 15 races. That's solid. And again, like I mentioned, she finished fourth at the Midwest Regional Meet. More than likely, will compete at Foot Locker. So... Yeah, the ladies are so, starting out really strong. Was that GVSU? Was that GVSU, Grand Valley State, where she ran? I believe so. So, yeah, I think a lot of Michigan runners are in there. That's an oversized track. Ah, yes. So it's much bigger than normal indoor facilities. So, yeah, I think you can build yeah, on some Yeah, she was at the... Yes, that's where she You was. can build on some speed there, mm -hmm. so I, I, I perfectly see why why she did that. And, yeah. Uh, it'll be cool looking seeing what she can do at Foot Locker. Yes. On the guy side, we had... Two. No, we had three all-time performances, various classes, over the weekend, oh, wow. which is outrageous. <laughs> it's the first weekend of indoor. That's insane. Two freshmen out of nowhere uh, just laid down awesome moments. You know, our guy David Wynn in Ohio slacked us over the weekend. Hey, guys, just watch out for Hamir Averett Brown from Wayne, Ohio. He ran 689 at the University of Finley this weekend in the 60, number seven in freshman class history. Mm -hmm. That is a great opening debut for, for, for freshmen. And then at, the, at that same meet in Michigan, GVSU, Mason Schmitz from Southeast Hamilton uh, out of Indiana ran 155-34 in the 800, which is number three in freshman class history. He won a, a Nike Indoor Middle School 400 national title last year at, at, at Nike Indoor. Uh, so he's a name to watch this indoor season. 155 to begin is really, really good. That's strong, yeah. And then the last but not least, and probably the best performance here, Bradley Franklin from Thompson, Alabama ran 771 uh, in the 60 meter hurdles at the Magic City Invitational. That's number 21 all time in the record books. He ran last year to finish his season at New Balance 7.91. So that's two tenths of an improvement to begin uh, his final season. Great moments from mm. all three and we'll see what we can build off of that yes. from, from here on out. Exactly. Cannot wait. <laughs> all right. Last but not least, we're going to get into our Preseason national runner of the year, athlete of the year, watch list. Watch list. Let's go before they even run. Let's do some very, watch lists. Very very early preseason. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. of the year. Why not? Insane. Uh, let's go, Olivia. You're gonna go with your first two watch lists first. So let's go with yours. Okay. So you want me to start with the girls? We'll go with girls. Okay. Girls picks for me. I'm really pumped. Um, we have a lot of top returners that have made history and I know we have a couple individuals on the screen right now and it's just going to be an exciting year. I feel like this specific year is going to be 
last year was incredible. It's kind of hard to top what we witnessed, but I feel like it's going to be pretty darn close. For the girls, for my picks, my top three, you have to have Mia Brahe Pedersen in this mix at from Lake Oswego, 2289 in the 200, 737 in the 60. Um, I saw her actually, she was at uh, NXN. I actually okay. saw her and I was like, how's training going? She's like, it's been tough. And I'm like, that means it's going to be a good year. And she's like, absolutely. So I'm excited to see what she does. And I feel like if you have me on here, you got to have a Deja Hodge. Like mm -hmm. they're pretty much the the same person. A Deja Hodge from Mountain Bird Academy in Florida. She she led the junior class last year in the 55, in the 200, went 722. And of course, set the national high school record indoors, 22-33. Just incredible performance there. It's going to be hard to top that, but I feel like Adeja, just seeing what she's doing on social media, she's looking strong, and I can't wait to see when she debuts and what, what we see from her. And I'm also going to include Ellie Shea in this mix from Emerging Elite from Massachusetts. She led the class last year in five events, ranging from the 1K all the way through the two-mile. That range is just incredible mm -hmm. and she's already set multi all-time performances across the board so i feel like ellie shea i have to have in this mix as well good list love yeah. it love it i think all three of those are gonna be in the mix yes okay now for the boys to the boys this list i'm excited for i i felt like quincy wilson really gave us a glimpse of what his future could look like the fact that he set four class freshman uh records last year all the way from the 300 and up with a 34.11, 46.67 in the 400, 102.63 in the 5, and 117.80 in the 600. This guy has some strength, man. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what he does. And he even led the nation in the 400 and the 600 as a freshman. So look out for Quincy Wilson. Jelani Watkins. I'm going to put him in here, okay, from Klein Forest. 667 in the 60 to be U.S. number 6 last year. He's the top returner in this event. 2094 to be U.S. number five in 2023. Top returner in this event. So he's coming off of winning a state title in the 200 at the UIL Outdoor Championships with the 2054. For me, I'm really curious to see how he does when he faces national competition. If, I, if, he, if, if he follows. If he yeah. does, right? Because yeah. I'm just looking at his profile. He's he's The fact that he's ran those times with only a couple meets underneath his belt i yeah. wonder what his season could look like but i'm not going to exclude yeah. mr Watkins in next miss in the mix and i'm also going to include pennsylvania's drew griffith he's he just won the cross country uh state title there he's also gone 407 in the mile during indoors and he did that to win the pennsylvania state title he's gone 848 in the two mile he did that to finish fourth at new balance national indoors he's also the fastest junior in the 1600 in the two mile uh so this athlete now is a senior you're going to go out with a bang so i gotta include drew yeah. griffith in yeah. the mix yeah, yeah, do you have, do you have... I do. I have a couple of honorable <laughs> men. I feel like the guys list is really yep. great. <laughs> honorable mention, Shamar Hurd. I mm -hmm. feel like after what he did this outdoor season, I feel like he's going to come back strong, ready to go. And also Jaden Lippett from mm -hmm. Winter Haven in Florida. He jumped 50 feet, eight and a quarter inch to win Nike Indoor Nationals, which was the U.S. number one jump last year. And he had a very, very, very light indoor season. Literally had three meets to his belt. So yeah. I'm curious to see how he does, but he's on my radar as well. Yeah, the only one I'm um, a little um, unsure about is Jillian Watkins, who's yes. a football player. He, he he may even graduate early, but although I don't mm. think that'll be the case because, you know, Klein Force won the 
state track meet in Texas because of him. So I, yeah. I think he appreciates it enough to, to stay for the whole year and, yeah. and to run for them outdoors. But he only ran two indoor meets right. last year. Exactly. And, um, but, but it is a little different because, you know, I, I think people will be offering him uh, some opportunities to run at national meets. So we'll see if he takes them up. Yeah. Uh, but there's always football there to, to exactly. be considered. Gatlin Bear is kind of in the same company. Yeah. He ran once over the indoor season last year. And more than likely, I don't even think he'll run uh, outdoors if, if he you know goes by what he said last year. So yeah. um, all, all good things to, to watch for. But those are awesome athletes. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with, with you on, on most of them. So on, on my watch list, I'll go with my three. Mia Brown-Pedersen, I'm there with you, right there with you. I think breaking 23 again is kind of the the goal to see how far she can go under uh, 22. Was it eight nine or yeah, nine one? Okay, eight nine. I believe. Yeah, so that's that's the goal there. I think for her and yeah. to to run a good 60. Avery Lewis is there for me, friend Central, um, mostly because I think if she puts out a long jump over 21 feet or even even gets to 22, which I think is Possible, possible for her i think you have to put her in the conversation uh, there because she she also runs the 200 really really well and then allison ince of, of normal community you know going for sub two week we over the last few years few years we've gotten girls in that sub two hunt and i yes. think if she accomplishes it she goes 159 uh, or anywhere near it i think she's got to be in the conversation the one thing with with national player of the years or athletes of the year we often go by really the best mark that was performed over a given year. National records take precedence, I think, yes. on, on naming these things. So mm -hmm. if they get one huge mark, I think that means more than maybe more consistency that have been at the upper level. You have to get over the bar, I think, a little bit in order to get that that national player of the year. So yeah. at least for us in, in, in recent times. So on the on the boys' side, also going with Quincy Wilson, I don't think he gets a national record this year but i think he inches closer, closer. to it. Mm -hmm. yes he could surprise me but i you know i think i think he will get there just not this year uh my second one clay shively of uh, wichita trinity mm. um i think he runs a sub four i think he didn't he didn't run nationals for an injury i think right yeah. like he crossed nationals so indoor season i think he goes after sub four i think he goes after 845 in the in the two mile and and maybe a, maybe a good 5K. So Clay Shively's in the mix for me. And then this is the sleeper pick that I don't think anybody's talking about. I, I like this pick. Abdul Sai Savan of ATL Zoom. This guy, I think, can go after Trey Cunningham's 60-meter hurdle national record. Oh, wow. Yeah. He is an, an absolute stud of an athlete. Um, he has the potential to do it. He's run, you know, 21.05 or 21.07 for the 200. So he gets under 21 seconds for me this year too so i think he's going to be a guy that absolutely surprises people this indoor season if he's healthy mm. so those are my three picks for the preseason watch list on the national and a national side record potentially yes yes Ooh, that just yeah. got spicy it got spicy <laughs> so we got one more oh man well we have a few more if you consider like usatf events but we got one more big high school national championship on Saturday, that's Foot Locker Nationals at Balboa Park in San Diego. Yes. And then from that point, we're going end of season, Christmas time. Christmas time, yay! <laughs> and also, yeah. if you're in San Diego, yeah. make sure you give Corey a happy birthday shout out yeah. on Saturday. Okay. All right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> yes. Uh, Are you excited though for Foot Locker? 
Yeah, yeah. Are it you looking be fun. forward to it? Always like San Diego, palm trees and sun. Palm so, trees. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> great. We got that. We got mm -hmm. indoor coverage coming up next year. 2024 is almost upon us. Oh, my gosh. We're like, I can't believe it's already December 5th. It feels like we're already mid-month. Mid yeah. It's going to go like, like that. Like that, like that. Poof. Getting older. Kids are still staying the same age. They're oh. running fast. Running fast. Yeah. Love covering it. covering all of it. <laughs> Thank you for watching this episode of On the Line. We'll be back with you next week. Thank you.